It's Thursday, July 18th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into why the U.S. is ticked off about some big items Turkey's been ordering lately. We'll explain what Russia has to do with it and what's at stake. Then, checking out old you seems cool, but lawmakers are worried that FaceApp might be a data security and privacy risk. And finally, how a million people are trying to crash Area 51. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about Turkey, the country. Turkey's government maxed out its credit cards on a really big purchase. And the U.S. is saying, you're going to regret that. The U.S. isn't worried about Turkey being over budget. It's about the thing Turkey bought something called an S-400. It's a long-range surface-to-air defense system, which is military talk for missiles. The missile system can target planes many, many miles away using sophisticated radar technology. And the S-400 was built in Russia. The problem is, Turkey also just bought about 100 advanced fighter jets from the U.S., called the F-35. The U.S. is telling Turkey, you can't have our jets and this Russian defense system, too. We're going to get into why the U.S. cares what Turkey is buying, why Turkey wants this Russian defense system in the first place, and what this means for Turkey's role in world politics right now. Okay, so why does the U.S. care about what's in Turkey's shopping cart? The U.S. and Turkey have been NATO allies since the 50s, right after NATO was first created. NATO, an alliance of countries in Europe plus the U.S., was formed in the wake of World War II. The countries promised to defend one another against an increasingly powerful Soviet Union, now Russia. The idea was and is an attack against one is an attack against all. And even today, NATO countries help each other out. They collaborate in foreign military operations. They do military training together. And they sell each other weapons and equipment. Like the F-35. Turkey actually manufactures some of the parts that the U.S. uses to build the F-35. Then the U.S. sells the F-35 jet to other allies, including Turkey. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in sales to Turkey here. The F-35 is the most advanced aircraft on the market. President Trump has said it's literally invisible. That's not quite true, but it is hard to detect on radar, and its technology is super top secret. The U.S. is worried that if Turkey has both the F-35 jets and this Russian defense system, Russia will be able to use that defense system to spy on the F-35. Learn more about how it works, and then improve their tech to detect the F-35 so they could potentially down it. Scary. Yesterday, the Trump administration told Turkey, we're cutting you off. No more F-35s for you. Too risky. And you can't help us build them anymore, either. Technically, by law, the U.S. is supposed to sanction countries that buy weapons from Russia, which would mean the U.S. sanctioning an ally. So why would Turkey do this? Risk pissing off an ally, get sanctioned, and lose some hot new fighter jets? Like we said, Turkey is a NATO ally of the U.S., and it's a strategic ally, centrally located between the Middle East, Eastern Europe, and Russia right next to Syria. Trump says Turkey's helped the U.S. in the fight against terrorism. The U.S. even keeps some nuclear weapons on bases in Turkey. 
But lately, the relationship has been a bit rocky. In part because Turkey's leader, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, has been becoming more and more authoritarian. Consolidating power by installing cronies and family members in top jobs. And trying to demonstrate that he can be powerful on his own without NATO. In 2016, some members of Turkey's military staged a coup and tried to oust Erdogan from the presidency. And he reportedly suspects the U.S. under President Obama was behind it. Some analysts say he really wants to protect himself from possible overthrow. And that's why he bought Russia's fancy new missile defense system. He says he wanted to buy a Patriot missile from the Obama administration, but they didn't want to give him the blueprints along with the sale. And overall, Turkey's been leaning away from NATO and more toward Russia. Here's President Trump's nominee for Defense Secretary, Mark Esper, earlier this week. Turkey has been one, a long-standing NATO ally, a very capable one, and so it is very disheartening to see how they've drifted over the past several years. But President Trump says he and Erdogan get along great, and he's blaming the Obama administration for this mess. He wanted to buy our Patriot missile. We wouldn't sell it. And then when he made a deal, and he really wanted to buy it, and then when he made a deal with another country, Russia, to buy their system that he didn't even want, then all of a sudden we say, oh, okay, we'll, we'll now sell you the Patriot. And because of the fact he bought a Russian missile, we're not allowed to sell him billions of dollars worth of aircraft. It's not a fair situation. The U.S. is technically now supposed to sanction Turkey over buying these Russian weapons. Erdogan says he thinks Trump could cut him some slack and waive the sanctions. The administration is still deciding whether or not they want to do that. So what's the skim? If the Trump administration doesn't sanction Turkey over this, President Trump will have to answer to Congress. Members from both sides of the aisle say he's got to stick to the law on this. Meanwhile, NATO officials say they're concerned about what Turkey buying the S-400 means for the entire alliance, not just the U.S. And the EU is also having it out with Turkey for a different reason. Turkey had been trying to join the EU, and the EU had been helping Turkey out financially in the meantime. But now their efforts to join the EU have stalled. The EU pulled some of that financial aid earlier this week because Turkey's encroaching on other countries to drill for gas. So Turkey is giving the West bad vibes, which means more feathers in Russia's cap. By the way, you know what else Russia might want? Your face. That's next. Tomorrow, the skim turns seven years old, and we literally could not have done it without you. Yes, you. You have helped us make the last seven years possible, and we thank you. This past year has been a big one. We voted in the 2018 midterms. We released our first book, How to Skim Your Life. And we launched our first daily podcast, the one you're listening to right now. You have made all of this possible. And to say thanks, we want to give you all the gifts. So tomorrow, we're going big and giving away $10,000. Pause for dramatic effect. Yes, that's right, $10,000. One in, two steps. Sign up right now for The Daily Skim at theskim.com. Then tomorrow, we'll give you the deets on how to enter in your inbox. That's theskimwith2ms.com. Good luck. You've probably seen a lot of wrinkles and gray hair on social media over the past few days. Everyone and their mother is obsessed with this new app called FaceApp. Over 100 million people have downloaded it, and it's the number one app in the U.S. right now. It takes a picture of you and shows you what you could look like when you're old. Sound like fun? Yeah, not so much. 
First, let's talk about who put this app out. FaceApp was created by a company called Wireless Lab. It's based in Russia, which you might remember, the government there doesn't have the greatest track record with the US and data privacy. In the 2016 election, they hacked email accounts at the Democratic National Committee and other political organizations, and used social media to influence the election. You might be thinking, I'm not a politician. What would Russia want with my face? You'd be surprised. According to FaceApp's terms and conditions, the app basically owns whatever pictures you upload. And they can use those images however they want, which could be anything from inputting them into databases for facial recognition technology to printing them on billboards. And they can take any information they collect about you and give it or sell it to another country or jurisdiction. So hypothetically, the Russian government. The terms also say that just by downloading the app, a user has automatically agreed to these terms. So if you're just hearing about this now, even if you delete the app, there's no way around it in court. A lot of people are not pleased about this. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is calling for investigations into FaceApp. He's asking the FBI to look into whether user data is landing in the Russian government's lap. And he's asking the Federal Trade Commission to see whether there are enough protections in place to keep user privacy from being compromised, including of government personnel and military service members. FaceApp CEO, a guy named Yaroslav Goncharov, says people should calm down. He told the Washington Post that the app only accesses the picture you put into it, not the other ones on your phone. That photo you upload is held in their cloud. Even though the terms say that the app has a perpetual license for your photo, Gondorov says FaceApp deletes most of the pics from its servers after 48 hours. And he claims that the Russian government doesn't have access to any of it. Okay, that's reassuring. But U.S. intelligence agencies say Russia is still a significant intelligence threat. And Schumer says he doesn't want to take any chances. Neither does the DNC. After being hacked in 2016, the DNC is warning 2020 candidates not to use FaceApp. They said it's still unclear what the privacy risks are, so it's better to just stay away. It's a sad day for anime lovers. An arsonist is believed to have set the beloved Kyoto Animation Studio in Japan aflame in a deadly fire earlier today. At least 33 people have died and dozens are in the hospital. The suspect is also in the hospital. He's believed to have broken into the studio, doused it in gas, and lit it on fire at about 10.30 a.m. local time. The studio is known as Kiani. It was founded in 1981. It's produced hugely popular movies and shows, including Violet Evergarden, which you can find on Netflix. Shortly after the news broke, a GoFundMe page was set up for the studio and raised nearly $900,000 in 13 hours, which was the time of this recording. The studio has also gotten support from Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. He tweeted that he was speechless, but praying for the people who died or were injured. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Area 51. Area 51 is a highly classified Air Force facility in Nevada, and it's where conspiracy theorists say the government is storing and testing alien spaceships. 
Well, last month, some people wanted to find out if that's for real. And they set up a public Facebook event called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. They launched an official website, got some merch, came up with a hashtag, and over 1.5 million people RSVP'd to the event in September. Well, the U.S. Air Force isn't laughing. They even issued a real warning, saying that any attempt to illegally access the area is highly discouraged. So alien hunters, be aware. That's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening. On Friday, we're going to have a very special episode, so don't forget to tune in for that. Also, this week we're celebrating the Skim's 7th birthday, and we've got a gift for you. For a chance to win $3,000, use your referral link to sign your friends up for our email newsletter, The Daily Skim. Each subscription is an entry. While you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe to Skim This too, and leave us a review. We've got your morning and evening news fix totally covered.